don't do right for a minute. No, it's not. Old school. Proverbs 24. Old school. Proverbs 24. Woo. Hallelujah. Boy, some folk, that word just soaking in you right now. Word just soaking in somebody. You turn into Proverbs 24, but you still, in your mind, it's still, it's so done. It's done. It's done. Hallelujah. Rejoicing already. It's done. Proverbs, the 24th chapter. Woo. Proverbs 24. Let's begin reading at verse number three. Let's conclude at verse number four. Proverbs 24, verse three. The Bible said, through wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. Notice this, through wisdom, a house or a family is built. Now he's talking about divine wisdom. Because there's all types of wisdom. There's worldly wisdom. But the proverb writer is speaking here. In reference to divine wisdom. And he wants us to know that through divine wisdom. A wisdom that comes from above. A house is built. And by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled. Somebody about to get happy. With all precious and pleasant riches. Y'all didn't get happy about that verse. Through wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. Notice when wisdom builds the house or the family, understanding is going to establish that family or that house. And then knowledge. And understand this morning that wisdom is simply the reception of and the application of knowledge and understanding. Wisdom is simply the reception, receiving, and the application or the applying of knowledge and understanding. So when you receive and apply knowledge and understanding, listen to me, you're operating in wisdom and wisdom is going to build your house now listen when wisdom gets to building and understanding gets to establishing what you now know is going to cause your house to be filled with all pleasant and precious riches so when we let wisdom build our house is not going to be a poor house. Come on. Only thing I need this morning is a church. Is a people 
who believe the word. That's all I needed, folk who don't fight the word. I need some folk this morning that's like me. If the word said it, it's so. It's so. One thing I want us to come to a place to where we don't argue or debate what the word says. If the word says the thing is so, then the thing is so. Don't matter how I've been raised, don't matter what I've heard, what I've seen, watch, even what I'm experiencing. The word is right or the word is so. And so if we let wisdom build our house, see, it's going to be to the point to where when wisdom builds the house, if the house is filled with all precious and pleasant riches, there's going to come a time where people will be able to see who or what built your house. Come on. Because they're going to at some point know that your house is filled with all, all, all precious and pleasant riches. See, if wisdom is building your house, you should never say to somebody, when you leave in their house, come go to the poor house. You know, you say some folk, they, they made that a habit of, of calling their house a poor house. But according to this verse, if wisdom builds my house or my family, it ain't a poor house. It ain't a house of poverty. It is a house that when you look in it, you know house is figurative of a person's life. You're going to see riches. All riches, spiritual riches, natural riches. Why? Because of what I allowed to build my house or my family. Based upon that, the subject is in the form of a question. What's in your house? What's in your house? If you don't mind, just look at a neighbor and ask him or her, what's in your house? Mm. I didn't hear not one person ask. Look at somebody else and you're going to ask him or her the subject this morning, but they're going to answer you this time. Look at that person, tell, ask him or her, what's in your house? Go ahead and answer him. Answer him. See, somebody should have been honest and said, what, uh, what, uh, what don't need to be? Come on, let's give God a praise for the subject. Yeah, if we're being honest, what don't need to be? Somebody should have said some good stuff. Somebody should have said some heart desires. One thing is for sure, and I'm talking specifically to this congregation one thing is for sure we need more saints who truly believe the word I'm not saying you're not saved I'm not saying you don't love God but I am saying that some of us don't believe the word 
the way we need to. And whenever a person or persons don't believe the word the way that they need to believe it, y'all got to really listen this morning, then the said word is not going to motivate them. It's not going to stir them. The word is going to come, but it is not going to inspire them. See, see, the word is so powerful that when it comes, you know what is coming cannot fail. Now, how can God give me his word, give me something that cannot fail or pass away, but yet when he gives it to me, it fails to motivate me. See, one thing about a child of God is this right here, that nothing should motivate us. Nothing should stir us. Nothing should inspire us. Nothing should move us like God's word. Nothing should get you excited like God's word. Pastor, what you mean God's word? I mean the written and the revealed. Whether it's being preached, whether it's being taught, whether it's being sung, come on somebody, put into a poem, nothing should stir you like God's word. And see, I'm looking right now trying to see who's being stirred by the word. Listen to me this morning. The word should stir us to the point to where when it comes sometime, it causes us to want to change. Causes us to desire to do better. You should come to church one way, but when you leave, you should have a desire to do better. Well, preach it, pastor. A desire to have better. Experience better. Wear better. Drive better. Live better. Spend better. Give better. I'm... Am I right? I got to where I am this morning because of how the word inspires me. I'm finna drop one on us. Sadly, in the church, and remember I'm being specific, this church, people are more inspired by the news. They are more moved by what they hear on the news. Some of you are more inspired by a movie. Woo! Now, am I saying that it's wrong for a movie to inspire us? No. Depending on what it's about. But a movie shouldn't inspire you more than the word. You said, Pastor, well, this movie did because it, it, it was based on a true story. Now, Hollywood ain't making nothing that's 100% based upon truth. They have to add their fiction. Come on, they have to make it presentable for the theater 
or break it down, Pastor. They got to make it to the point to where you don't fall asleep in the middle of it. But how many times have we seen a movie and that movie inspired us? Made us want to get up and be better and do better. You just seen a movie and when the movie went off, you was inspired. Watch it big time. Some of you watch In Pursuit of Happiness. And when that movie ended, you was ready to follow your dream. You was not going to allow nothing or nobody to tell you that what was in you could not come to pass. That movie inspired you. Had you getting up doing things and had you telling people, have you seen what happened? This man went from such and such a place to being such and such. And so it inspired you that you could go from such and such a place to such and such a place. And again, in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with that. But how can a movie that is not truth inspire a child of God more than the word which is truth? See, I'm giving y'all something to think about. I know I am. And I want you to really think about that. How can a movie cause you to get that excited, but when your pastor teaches the word, you don't move throughout the, throughout the message? You, you don't get up not one time. Listen, and a movie that wasn't real had a grown man crying. Movie was touching him. Movie was dealing with him. How many times have we cried over a movie? Even if the tear didn't hit your cheek, your, your eyes, you just kept your eyes booked the whole time, just fighting back to you. And if a person was with you, you had to hear them tell me, that got to me right there. That scene right there, that did something to me. And again, don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with it. But nothing should move us like the word. Woo-wee. I, 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 it's in me this morning. Nothing should move a leader like the word. When I preach and teach, I look around to see if the word is stirring a leader the way I know God sent the word to stir that leader. Listen, y'all, I'm going to give y'all some insight this morning. There are certain messages that God gives me. And in the middle of giving me the message, he puts people's faces before me. Yes, he does. Letting me know that this word is sent to change what this person is going through. Hold on. He doesn't necessarily tell me what the person is going through, but I'm giving you a word. That should move her. See now I have no clue. That you've been depressed. The entire month. I just know God is sending. A word. That he tells me. This should move her. Woo! This should cause her. To smile again. This should cause her. To want to get up and be. Who I told her. I would make her. 
if the word does not inspire you, you will never have what God wants you to have. Whenever you, sister, are more motivated by a talk show than you are your pastor talking, how can this woman on TV have that much control over you and you don't even know her? But yet every day you have to listen to what she says. I know I'm right. And if she says, Brother Jones, something is about to happen, you believe it. You believe, listen to me, that sinner. See, sadly, in the church, false preachers have crept in. To the point to where in many churches, there are no longer prophets or pastors. There are motivational speakers. Come on, I'm teaching, right? In many churches, motivational speakers have replaced pastors. You know why they're so? Because some saints don't want correction. They don't want to be told the truth. They don't want you to say something that's hard, that's tough. So all I want pastor to do is motivate me. But sometimes you have to be motivated through correction. I know I'm preaching. You have to be motivated through a good butt whooping. That's the reason he's whooping you. He wants to motivate you. So that you won't stay in a place that he's deemed about you. You're better than that place. God, I'm teaching right. I said I'm teaching right. Folk nowadays don't want a pastor. They want a life coach. But I don't see life coach in the Bible. I don't see motivational speaker in the Bible. And again, some of you are stuck in places you shouldn't be stuck in. But listen to me. You're stuck there because the word no longer moves you. Think about this. Senior Minister Gamble, think about this. What caused you to go from being an immature Christian to a mature Christian? The word inspired you. The word motivated you to receive it, apply it, and grow up. That's the only reason some of us stop crying about everything. We started allowing the word to motivate us so when we would normally be crying about something, we learn to shout about it. We learn to turn. Come on. Oh, I, this word is good to me. See, there is a reason I still, after all these years, get excited 
teaching and preaching the word. You know why? Because the word moves me. The word motivates me. Listen to me. I'm so motivated by the word that if a person is not motivated by it, it doesn't change my motivation. If the word don't stir you this morning, notice something about me. It has already stirred me. It has already stirred me. A am I helping anybody? Notice according to the main text that wisdom builds or establishes a house. If a house, if a family, if a church is receiving wisdom and applying it, then that house, that church, or that family can be deemed to be just. Just or righteous. For even Jeremiah prophesied, saying, the Lord said, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. What did God say in, in reference to his sheep? He don't want his sheep to be dumb. He wants his people to have wisdom. Listen to me. God don't want families to be dumb. Listen, not if he send you to a church like this. If a family come, listen, if a family comes and they're stuck on that dumb stuff, he going to cause them to receive wisdom. If they apply the wisdom, listen, their family is going to get better. You hear me? It don't matter how long they've been stuck on doing that dumb stuff. See, because it's God's job to reveal to that family, to that man, to that woman, to those children, what is dumb. Don't sit down there like that. The only reason some of us stop doing dumb stuff is because God revealed to us that it was dumb. If you keep doing that, you're never going to get to where I want you to be. Well, Lord, what's, what's, what, what, what's, what is this? That's dumb. Come on. Now, I'm not insulting y'all because I'm talking about me. There were some things I did while saved that was stupid. Come on. Even after being saved for a while. Sister Katrina, there were still some things I was doing that I, I knew better. <laughs> that screen woke you up at the early in the morning. That, listen, after I 
I did that stupid stuff. After I did something and knew better, that's how I sounded when the pain came. When I caused the trouble on myself, I was screaming. Ah! It's hurt. But see, what you have in church, sadly, is too much foolishness going on in homes. Listen, it's my job to teach because some of the foolishness that's going on in folks' houses People don't know that it is foolishness. They think it's the norm. So I have to teach. I have to reveal what is foolish. But then there are some who clearly know better. And I have to say to you that the things that are happening in your house, you know they shouldn't be happening. There was a time that me and Donna knew at a certain point, so Pam, that we argued too much. We argued too much. And we had to see that some of these arguments are foolish. We had to be able to look at each other and say, look, we have better things to do. But we had to see it as foolishness. Y'all know I'm right. Because see, if wisdom builds or establishes a house, then I wouldn't be wrong, Minister Barnes, by saying that foolishness pulls it down or destroys it. Is that right? If wisdom builds the house, that's what we want to operate in. But if we operate in the antithesis or the opposite of wisdom, instead of the house, the family being built, now the family is going to be destroyed. It's going to be pulled down. Listen, you can make over six figures. <laughs> but if the house ain't built on wisdom, you're going to struggle and be ashamed for folk to find out how much money y'all make and still don't have certain things. You make all that money and still sleep it on a raggedy mattress. You should be ashamed to let folk find out That you made that much money and you don't have a savings. That is foolishness. We're not talking about when, when things were so tight. And many of us have been there when things were so tight there was no savings. But you knew why there was no savings. Things were tight. But then even when things got tight, some of us learned that I could save change. I won't spend my change. I'm going to put all my change up. I'm going to show God that I have some discipline. I'm saving 
my change. And I'm not going to touch this change. Then you get to a point to where I don't spend no tens. Every ten I get, I have to put a ten back. But here's what God dealt with me. That we have foolishness going on in homes where people are deemed mature. Are y'all ready to get into the meat of it? Y'all knew just because we started early that we was going to still have church. You, do you know what's on my mind right now? Right now. Teaching the word. Orlando is not on my mind. Teaching the word. Right now I'm motivated by the word. Because I know what this will do. Families have to get tired of operating in foolishness once you have been taught. Psalm 69. And there's not a person here, I don't believe, whose house, or when it comes to them personally, has never operated in foolishness. So why are you trying to look at folk like that, like you are the one, you are not the one. Unless you be the one who has operated in foolishness. Because we all did it. But when you start being about business and wanting to get things done or accomplished or achieved, you have to get rid of the foolishness. Parents, you have to stop telling your children the same thing every day. And you're not coming with some type of discipline for them not doing it. One thing to get on my nerves, and it ain't limited, but I'm going to say it this way, is a mama who keep yelling and ain't doing nothing. I start glitching. Hit them. Give them a popsicle. Hug them. Do something. But stop yelling and doing nothing. I'm overloaded. You wouldn't be overloaded if you give them children something to do. You still cleaning up a room for boys who are old enough to do it the way you teach them. Listen, mama, they'll never do it the way you do it. Cause you mama. Am I right? But you keep picking up after them. See, when they get married, mama, that's going to be that man that leaves his drawers and socks in the floor and expects his wife to pick up after him. Why? His mama picked up after him all the time. I got to a certain age when I grew up that I didn't want my mama or dad to see my drawers. If I'm going to pick up nothing else, I'm going to pick up my drawers. I don't even want mama to see my drawers. 
That was a certain point. I didn't even want to know what side draws I was wearing now. See, that's some good teaching. But if that foolishness is going on, again, you're going to live in a house that's dirty and nasty. And that ain't good. But see, be careful, parents. That you are not doing what you need to do. See, every house has to have order. Nobody going to live in my house and play music that I don't listen to. Nobody going to live in my house and smoke and I don't smoke. So I'm, I'm, I'm making some folk mad. If certain things are not happening at this house, I'm not with that foolishness. And I'm finna show you. Biblically. That you can hide your foolishness. From me, but not from God. He see it. He see the pettiness in families. Look at Psalm 69. Woo! You talking about somebody enjoying the word. I'm enjoying this word, y'all. Can y'all tell I'm enjoying teaching Psalm 69? Psalm 69 and verse 5. Listen to what the psalmist said. See, see, see if this resonates. Oh God, you know my foolishness and my sins are not hidden from you. Tap yourself and say, Lord, if I, do, if I do foolishness, foolishness. You, know it. you know it. You know it. Listen, you see it. Too many families are too good at pretending. See, listen, you can hide your foolishness from other folk. But you can't hide it from God. Huh? The psalmist knew it. I don't think pastor has a clue what's going on up in this house. I don't. Sometimes. I don't. Unless God reveal it to me. I don't. Because I'm going to tell you about me. You know I don't. Because you wouldn't be a leader in this church cussing at your house so you know I don't know it if you cussing at your house consistent because even a leader may slip I don't know your maturity like maybe I am maturely I ain't cussed in years 
but I felt like it. I just knew better. I had to throw that out there. I, 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 I knew better. I can't do this. If you name call people in your house, if that's y'all thing is, is calling names, that's foolishness. That's foolishness. If the only way you can get your point across is you got to degrade somebody. See, what's going on in that house, God ain't going to honor it. He's not going to honor your house. Now, y'all can come out and look this, that, and the other. But parents, if you cussing your children, well, parents, you don't know these kids. The only way to get them to do something, you got to nut up on them. It's foolishness. You have to be able to get your point across without sinning. Parents, if you degrade your children, that's foolishness. You don't have to put them down to get on to them. You didn't name them that. Call them by their name. Okay, I'm upset. You are with them. Do like mama used to do. When she was upset, she called your full name. And you knew then what was happening. Little Dante Cochran now come here. She good in me. She didn't call my whole name. But my mama never, or daddy, called me out of my name. Now, my kids grew up, they say, and I admit to it, some of it, I used to call them stupid without knowing it. Because they'd be done, done something that was stupid. I, what I meant to say was, what you did was stupid. Not calling you stupid. And their mama would be right there in the middle of me in a rage. She'd be cutting in. She'd be like, no, hold on. What you did, it meant to say. You're not stupid. Ain't that right, honey? They ain't stupid, but what they did. That's what, I, I'm just going to let you know you called them stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. But then there were times I got so mad that I said, okay, mama, I hear you. But what does she keep doing? When is she then? See, sometimes we don't like to be called certain things. But if you keep doing He got an anger problem. Do, do he have an anger problem or is he stupid? Because where in this world do you get to just get mad and do what you want to do? On a job or in a house. You a young adult in my house talking about you got mad and broke something that you didn't buy? You can up stuff. And it's about you got anger issues. You have a stupid issue going on. If you think that foolishness is going to be allowed here. You know my foolishness. 
He see your husband. He see your foolishness. He see how nice you are to other women. But he see how mean you are to your own wife. He see your foolishness. He see how quick you are to forgive others. But not your own. He see your foolishness. Psalm 38. He see your foolishness. Woo! Grown person, he see your power. He see you pouting in the house every time something don't go right, don't go the way you want to go. He see your big old grown self power. He know why you in that back room and won't come out. You telling folk you this, that, that, and other. But he know you back there, pal. He see that foolishness. And see, one thing a family has to be able to do when you get upset with one another, you have to still be able to, within a house, even a church, everybody still has to do what's right. You still have to stay in order even though you upset. See, foolishness is allowed in homes where if a person gets mad, then they don't have to do what they would normally do that's considered right for them to do because they're upset. See, you, see your house needs to maintain order even when you upset. See, this sets a lot of families back when they get mad at each other and then folks stop doing what has been deemed in that house right for you to do. Come on. Woman, if you married, even when you mad, there's a payment due. And the children in the sanctuary, so I'm there. There's a, you, you mad, and we don't expect you to pay that payment in the midst of being mad, because that wouldn't be good for me. But you ought to learn to pay your rent your due payment and set aside being mad. And don't give it to me mad. Unless you're giving it to me in a good way being mad. I gotta, I'm trying, I better work my way up out of this. I better work my way up out of this. Y'all know, be married for y'all, you know sometimes that anger can be good. I ain't talking about no hitting, slapping, and burning each other. I got to move on, Lord. Brother Ford, I stepped way into that. When I stepped into that. Now, listen. I just remember me and Donna getting mad. And she would always bring me my, my plate. When she was mad, you sit back there if you want to, Wayne. <laughs> you going to starve. Go in the kitchen. Ain't nothing being cooked, bro, Willie. She tried to play it off. I, what we eat? I got me something. I don't know what you're doing. And eventually I had to Donna. We got to talk. I know you mad, but I still got to eat. And you know you've been mad a week. And you know I can't learn to cook in no week. You done got me used to a certain standard. I'm just being honest with you. 
she cooking on a certain level. I can't duplicate that. Now, I would go a day and do my thing. I scramble my eggs, my cheese. But then I had to tell, I said, Donna, do you not know that when I'm mad, I still clean your car? I still make sure your maintenance is up. I do what I'm supposed I still take the trash. Trash ain't piling up because I'm mad. I'm still taking the trash out. Why? Because I was at a point where I recognized a mature person has to be upset about things but still have the ability to do what is right. You don't stop paying bills cause you mad and take the bill money and do what you want to do with it. That's foolishness. You don't quit your job cause you mad. That's foolishness. Psalm 38. Are y'all here? Because see, God see some foolishness going on. And he's correcting. Even if I don't call out your foolishness, no, he's correcting. Now, Psalm 38 and 5, listen to what the psalmist said. My wounds are foul and festering because of my what? If you take a note, this is what I want you to understand. Foolishness blocks healing. God want to heal some things in that house. But as long as you operate in foolishness, your wounds is going to get worse. See, there are some families that are sick. Financially. But they cannot be healed financially until they stop doing foolish things with finances. This word good. See, no, notice what he says again. My wounds are file. That, 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 that's infection. Any nurses in here? That's infection. Am I right? Where the nurse is at? Is that a sign of infection when a, when a wound is foul? It's festering. It's lingering. It won't go away. Woo! What's going on in these houses? That some things that need to come to an end won't end. It's Foolishness blocks healing. God will be over here saying, I want to do this. But for me to do this, I need the house operating in wisdom. Because foolishness blocks or delays healing. Sickness is not just physical. You can be sick emotionally. You can be sick mentally. And sadly we live in a time now where everybody want to play with mental illness. Mental illness ain't nothing to play with. That's something serious. 
But you can't call your foolishness mental illness. Y'all know I'm right about it. I just dropped one on. We got to stop that stuff. You got to cut out the foolishness. Young person, you ain't in school to be foolish. If you going to go to college and be foolish, you pay for it. You do everything you need to do for yourself. I'm not about you being up there whoring, drinking, partying, and not getting the education or the degree that we sent you to get. You're not getting the degree in education. You're getting a degree in foolishness. And see, when a child goes off and gets to operating in foolishness, when they come home for the weekend, sparingly, see, they want that foolishness to continue. But tell your neighbor again, foolishness tears down a house. Go to Proverbs 2. We finna get ready to close. That's the only time you have to say something to your neighbor. You don't have to say nothing else to your neighbor. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I want to cut back on that. Proverb 2. I'm going to keep y'all attention on me. Proverb 2. Let's find out where wisdom come from. We in the close. If I didn't name what's going on at your house, don't, uh, don't think you got by. Don't be sitting there like, well, he didn't say it. With that stupid grin on your face. He didn't get, he didn't get me. <laughs> you know another thing we were growing up? That in, in our house that I was going to eliminate? People in the same house being jealous of one another. Listen to me. I made sure that Shamar always knew and understood that you are never competing with daddy. Never. Nothing that you can do that will cause daddy to be jealous or envious of your success. Because when you succeed, when you shine, I shine. Because you are of me. Now, I'm going to be honest, for years he battled with it, even though I never put it on him. You 16, I'm 40, I should no more. But at 16, you're farther alone than I was at 16. Let me tell you something. If you got siblings jealous of each other, Get that foolishness out of your house. Parents don't entertain putting one above the other. All of them have something they're good at and things they're not good at. One child is no better than the other child. And if you start that foolishness, don't you get mad when they continue it. You don't always discipline a child by reminding them of how great and special they sibling are. You're going to make the child hate the sibling. 
Well, you know, I'm going to let that go because I got to close. Jealousy and envy should never be in the same house. Even the church. Devil folk left this church because they were jealous and envious of me. You can't stay under me once you desire to be me. You gonna find an excuse to say you gotta go. You coveting. Come on. But see, jealousy has no place in the church. Ministers, when they get up here to pray, they're not competing. So, so, so save your compliment of telling a minister, you my favorite when you pray. I just, when you pray, I just feel something. Take that mess to another church. Take that trash and put it in the trash can. Thank God for using the minister and let it go. We don't need to know your favorite. Well, you know, I came tonight because I heard you was preaching. Now, Deacon Hill, I love all y'all deacons, but you my favorite. When you receive the offering, I get stirred. I ain't trying to be fun. I go to sleep on them other deacons. <laughs> if Deacon Hill laughs at it, if he entertains it, he foolish. If when he receiving the offering, that's the person he looking at trying to get them excited and pumped, he foolish. Because they're going to get him out the will of God. Don't compare the minister to the pastor. Let the minister be the minister. Proverbs 2.6, got to end it soon. For the Lord gives what? Proverbs 2, 6. Did I even tell y'all where to go? For the Lord gives what? For the Lord gives what? For the Lord gives what? From his mouth. From whose mouth? From whose mouth? From his mouth come knowledge and what God been giving us this morning. Wisdom. From his mouth. And in one sense, as we close, the mouth of God has always represented the prophets of God. And the pastor is the house prophet. What was God doing this morning? Giving wisdom through the prophet's mouth. That's what he was doing. Giving wisdom for the church. Giving wisdom for the family. Giving wisdom to the parents, giving wisdom to marriages, giving wisdom to singles, giving wisdom about money, giving wisdom about jealousy, giving wisdom about foolishness. From his mouth come knowledge and what? Understanding. So don't ever say, well, I don't know what to do. No, you're not applying what you are being given. And in my clothes, I want everybody in this church to understand God has no favorites. God does not favor one family over the other. God will never say, if this family does right, I'm going to bless this family. If this family does right, 
I'm not going to do nothing for that family. That ain't God. If your house is not being blessed, there is foolishness in your house. I'm closing with what I started with. If we are moved by the word, then the word will work for us. And you cannot argue against the word. Through wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. What was God giving wisdom for this morning? That he can build our homes. He can make our families stronger. He can make the church house stronger. He's building it through wisdom this morning. He was giving understanding so that some things in people's homes can be established. They've been broke too long. They need understanding so they can establish how the house needs to flow, how the money needs to be distributed and such. See, they need understanding because God, I don't want them broke. Here's another year where they don't have to go on vacation. I want that to cease. I want every family. How many families? If the Lord is willing, I want this to be the last year at a place of refuge that in the month of June that families don't go somewhere and do something. I, I, I want that to end. I, I, I want to hear, even this year I want to hear that people got up and they did things together. I want to hear it because he is no respecter of person. And it's time for some of you to take your families on vacation. And listen to me. You'll get to a point to where you're recognizing a family that a vacation is needed. It's need. No church this week. No Bible study. No musician practice. No praise team. No intercessory practice. No youth ministry. Nothing. So don't you ever say out your mouth. All we do is church. This is a week where Pastor Cochran is saying, do your family. Have time with you. What you would give in Bible study, take your family out to eat. You, do you hear me? And stop with the excuses. You may not have Hawaii money, but you may have Birmingham money. You may have Chattanooga money. And those are good places. Don't slip. You'd be surprised how a good vacation will just revive and rejuvenate the family when you ain't doing that but having fun. See, see, children, sometimes, see, mama, sometimes them children need to see you on a jet ski. You do all that yelling and fun. Mama, get on a jet ski. The whole family getting on the banana boat. Come on, everybody. We falling all we just, just fun. You hear me? I'm purpose this week with my grandkids when I see them. I got blamed of not spending enough time with the family last year. I got ridiculed and criticized <laughs> for teaching one thing and doing the opposite. So I'm going to make sure when I see my grandchildren, I'm playing video games. We're going to have a good time. That's what you have to do. 
And if it's just you and your husband, hey, <laughs> y'all need to get down with it. <laughs> Doing some really fun. <laughs> By knowledge, I'm, I'm finna go, y'all, 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 y'all. Some married folks in here ready for <laughs> By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant what? With all precious and pleasant what? All precious and pleasant what? See, listen to me. Wherever wisdom is building a house, building a family, you should know what's in that house. What's in that house? Pleasant riches. All precious and pleasant riches. Bottom line, you're going to be able to see that that's a blessed house. That's a blessed house right there. Even single parents, what you're going to be able to do, people are going to know that's a blessed house. That mama is good to her children. Amen? What's in your house? If it's being built by wisdom, there should be present, pleasant and precious riches filled in your house. If it's being built by foolishness, that's the reason the sickness is festering. Amen? Amen. I'm done. Let's give him a praise. Let's give him a hand of praise. Come on, y'all. I'm done. Come on. We ought to be able to give him a hand of praise. He... He blessed us. He helped us this morning. I know he helped me. Come on, let's give him a tremendous hand of praise. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for helping us, Lord. We want our house, we want our families to be built by wisdom. We want understanding to establish us and we want knowledge. Just you simply teaching and giving us the ability to know how to do things that it will cause precious and pleasant riches to just fill our house. Lord, I pray it be so for every family, for every house in this church. But I know, God, in order for it to be so, we have to allow your wisdom to build our house. I pray today, God, that you will get rid of the foolishness that lies within homes. Do for every house what needs to be done. And we'll continue giving you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been Pastor Leonard Cochran here from a place of refuge, Noonan. Thank you all so much for joining us. As always, we thank you for your past, your present, and future support for this ministry. And want you to remember that Jesus is. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for watching today's live stream service with Pastor Leonard D. 